Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Unstructured, the Talk to Scott interview series. This is future Matt, who will be past Matt when you hear this, but I digress. Uh, this is a little weird. We usually don't record intros to this, but there was a bit of a recording snafu, which you'll be able to pick up on uh, listening, because it comes up quite a bit. But anyway, in this episode, I'm joined by the Rough Customers from Lexington, Kentucky, uh, Chatting with me are members Tim, Brad, Tommy, and Noah, where we talk about their new album, and as is typical, a whole host of other unrelated objects. Objects? Subjects. That's the word. So, uh, enjoy this interview already in progress. How has Quantum Leap not been remade yet? Man, you're going to speak it into existence. I don't I know, mean, but I knew this was such an important conversation, I had to hit record again. I'm glad you did. <laughs> because I agree with you. I mean, it was ahead of its time, and now is the time for it to come back. So years ago, I had read that there was a uh, proposal, because as we all know, Quantum Leap had the most depressing finale in the history of television. I don't even remember it the finale. It was just a card? And the last episode that said Dr. Sam Beckett never returned home. Oh. And that was it. Wow. So there was a proposal, because uh, I guess in one episode, his wife in the future gave birth because she was pregnant for tension about his daughter uh, leaping through time trying to find him. Wow. Uh, and I was like, that's just an instant. You don't even need Scott Bakula to show up, but. But I mean, what's he doing right now anyway? So. You know. I have no idea. He was on that Stargate show, or no, Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I don't know, disappeared. Brad, Tommy, have you wait, guys, wait. Have you guys forgiven each other? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Brad? Yeah, I, still, I still can't hear what he's saying. Yikes. I'm going to take that as a no. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what are you, like, what browser are you all using? Uh, I'm on Chrome. I am using Chrome. Shit, that's what I'm using too. That doesn't make any sense. I just realized I'm an Internet Explorer for some I was reason. About to ask any <laughs> Internet Explorer fans in the, in the podcast. Uh, yeah, apparently I'm on it. So <laughs> news to me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, it's a real rough interview with the rough customers. I mean, we're not here if we're not breaking stuff. That's a good motto, too. I mean, we break it, you bought it. Yeah, I did that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, apologies. You know, I was what? actually in a, I don't know which band member runs the, the Instagram. Or if it's uh, the collective like most. That actually is my wife because uh, she, we had an Instagram for a long time that was uh, very neglected, and she was like, "You have to let me start like running this." So it's yeah, it's it's mostly my wife who does the majority of the Instagram stuff, but uh, yeah, she has time for that shit. I don't I don't have time for that. <laughs> I, but, I get that. But like but, the messages, like when someone messages and, and contacts the band, she's like, here, 
talk to these people. They they wanted they have questions. So okay, it's kind of a it's kind of a joint effort in which I do the minimal effort, but it's there. All right, and it was probably you. It might have been through email. I don't remember. But uh, when I ordered that CD, the included message was, "I'm sorry." Uh, that, basically that was probably me <laughs> and you know like i actually didn't get around to listening to it till today because uh i have just an absurd amount of uh old ska music to listen to oh yeah on top of all the new stuff uh and i don't, I don't know i was i was into it it's definitely extremely different from where you guys are at now as a band yeah uh, like unlike other bands, I feel you guys became more ska oriented. <laughs> Absolutely, you worked backwards from how a lot of groups had been going. So I appreciated uh, that. Sorry, I missed the beginning. What what album is that, that you're talking about? The the, 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 uh, the we break it, you buy it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really just uh, Tim and Mike are the only people on that album that are still in the band. So it's you know personnel's. Personnel's turned over a lot since then. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we it was. So I, I, you know, we are a self-deprecating band anyway. Uh, we poke fun at ourselves a lot, so a lot of it is just joking because there there are still elements of that EP that I'm really proud of, but there are also elements of that EP that I'm like, you know, like like any artist that looks back on their early work, I feel like you just cringe at certain things. And I'm like, uh, we've, we've gotten so much better since then. And, uh, I, I'll listen to it, you know, every so often I'll go back and listen to it. And one time I'll listen, and I'll be like, I never want to hear this and I never want anyone else to hear this. And then I'll listen to it again and be like, okay, that was actually like, that was all right songwriting. It, it's not that bad. So it it just, I, I have those moments with other songs on other albums and stuff too, but it, we, we definitely have progressed a lot since then. I understand. I understand that fully. I mean, I just do episodes where I talk for like 20 minutes usually, and I dread them being the worst thing that's ever been put to an audio file and people are like, Hey, that was your best episode yet. I'm like, all right. Uh, strongly yeah. disagree. But. <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> the way I try to look at it is we, you know, this, this new album probably wouldn't exist without that first one. So you have to, yeah, you have to try to look at things that way sometimes, I guess. Yeah, and this I'm is sorry. Your, did your, I just hear Brad's voice? What? I think it just fixed itself. Oh, the feud is over, everyone. You've heard it here first. So so Tommy can hear Brad now. Brad, can you hear Tommy? Not one word. Wait, I don't hear him talking anymore. What? Oh, uh, never mind. He can't hear All you right. now. The feud uh, is on. I yeah. heard him for 10 whole seconds about <laughs> the album. All right. You all are going to have to like, you're just going to have to get past this one day and start listening to each other again. Yeah. Hopefully before your, uh, your show, 
on what Saturday. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, uh, so talking about your album, one, I will say I love all your guys' cover art you have done for anything, whether it be an EP, album, single. It's phenomenal. Thank you. Applause there. Uh, I'm very old school. I still buy things based on their their album, even though just listening to it is the easiest thing in the world these days. Uh, it's like being back in the old cd stores in the mall of yesteryear oh, i have yeah. no idea what this is but i'll take a shot um but this is your second full length in 13 years is that right it is uh it's been a long time coming <laughs> uh we've done so this will be the second full length and we've done like three eps i believe yes so yeah, we've been basically in a constant state of writing, but uh, we had, when our original singer left, we, you know, it, it took us a while to get another singer, get trained, get back to performing and stuff. And we were like, oh shit, we have nothing with her voice on it. We should write some songs and put out an EP. We did that shortly after that was released. I mean probably less than six months after that was released, uh, she decided to leave the band. So we kind of started back in the same rotation, <clears throat> uh, got our new uh, current singer, uh, who uh, it was kind of serendipitous that she actually showed up to see, to watch us perform at one of the last shows, like right after our, then vocalist had told us she was leaving, but uh, Alex, Alex was that one. And uh, our current singer, Andrea, was at the show and we hadn't even announced that the singer was leaving. And Andrea was like, oh, you know, I really should have. We had invited her to uh, audition for the band when we originally were looking. She was like, oh, man, I really should have like joined your band back then. And uh, she was talking to our trombone player, uh, TJ, at the time. And he was like, oh, funny story. <laughs> We're actually <laughs> auditioning singers again. We haven't really announced it. So, uh, yeah, it kind of really worked out in that way. But we're also in the same boat again. Like, now we have a new singer and nothing with her voice on it. So we took the time to write another EP worth of material and record it and get that out. And uh, then we had some horn players leave. These new guys uh, stepped in, Noah and Tommy. And so we were like, shit, now we need something with their horn playing on it. So we wrote, <laughs> wrote an album. And <laughs> now uh, we recorded it a year and a half ago, half ago. And now we're finally going to get to release it. I was going to say, it's a pretty quick turnaround because the uh, Fool's Endeavor EP came out in 2018, 2017. Uh, yeah, yeah so, 2018. I mean, yeah. It would have been two years had, mm -hmm. I, I'm sure, COVID threw a big wrench in all that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was looking on your website earlier, and it's still, it's like new album coming summer 2020. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh, you fools. Yeah. Hey, I get it. 
updating yeah, stuff the, a pain. The, the timing it was is. really weird. We were actually in the studio when um, when the word came in that Kentucky had its first COVID case, uh, and that was probably like it was like March. It was probably like March fifth or something of twenty twenty. And, uh, yeah, we were finishing up when that happened. And then, um, we, and then we had zero shows from that point until just last week. So it's, yeah, I mean, I know that, um, you know, obviously the timing was not good for anyone for something like this to happen, but, um, for us, it uh, really kind of lined up with what we were trying to do. It was, it stinks, you know, but I mean, I shouldn't complain. I know a lot of people had it way worse than than we did we were all healthy and things like that of course but they just kind of stunk with the time frame we were trying to release this this new music i mean at least you weren't in this the same boat or alone uh yeah, that seems like every every band had something ready to go uh like joystick who I talked to you said their album was recorded in 2019 and they just sat on it for two years. And that's as an artist, I know like obviously probably not having the opportunity to see each other and practice helped this. But I, I know, you know, a lot of groups say as soon as they're done writing material, they're just on to the next thing immediately. And that's kind of in the background. Is that true for you guys or you just, Tend to write stuff and, and go with it. <laughs> it's it, it's weird for us. Like by the time we finish writing, like we're usually it's we're ready to get it out there and to you know uh, uh, an album release show is always a huge event for any band and it's always some of the funnest stuff. And then when you get something out, you get to not focus all of your all of your time and energy on writing and you get to just be like all right we're gonna we're gonna travel a little more and play more shows and you know not have to worry about writing just like tighten up our set tighten up you know the material we have and we were actually kind of looking forward to that after you know back-to-back eps and then this full length and so much energy and time put into writing so yeah we're we're ready to get it out and to actually just play and not have to think about writing um and i know i know for brad and i we have multiple releases but i i can't imagine like with noah and tommy you know this is their first recording with the band and they've had to wait uh, an extra year and a half for it. So I'm, I'm sure that's been extra unbearable for them, but hopefully we can get back to playing shows safely, consistently, and uh, actually show it off a little bit. It, it's definitely been um, a little bit rough waiting, no pun intended, uh, waiting on <laughs> the release of this album, because I know Tommy and I, were both put into the band like July or August of 2018. And it was pretty much like immediately, Hey, here's a set list for Oktoberfest, this really big show we're playing, learn it, learn the choreography, go. And we never really like 
as you guys said, had a chance to to really tighten down the sets. We did a tour in the summer of 2019, and that was as close as it got. But even leading up to and during that tour, actually, there was a lot of writing going on. Like I think we first played Shame, one of the releases on the new album, that summer, and I remember... Tommy and I spent like quite a few afternoons like brainstorming and writing horn parts for a lot of the stuff that at the time we thought was going to be released obviously last summer. And I, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's been a lot of just writing and writing and no real time to really tighten up the repertoire, like learn much of the backlog of rough customers um, music to bring out and show to people definitely very excited to finally have a chance to do that uh knock on wood after this album right (laughs) so you said something that really perked my my ears and that was choreography is there dancing you guys perform live uh i i don't know that i would call it dancing as much as uh (laughs) limb flailing every now and then i mean it's an attempt yeah at the very least (laughs) so it's it's have any of you ever caught suburban legends live i have not nope i I swear they're a boy band (laughs) uh, yeah uh the first time i saw them was in chicago it's their first time playing chicago they were two hours late uh they went on just before the headliner when they were supposed to open everybody was pissed at them and uh, they just danced. And I asked how many years of dance classes they had to take to be in the band. Uh, and I was serious because Jesus. Yeah, but- we're we're not quite uh, that that coordinated. It's uh, uh, mostly it's the horn players, because, uh, and singer uh, Brad and I, Brad and I get involved with very little choreography. Uh, but um, yeah, there's. There's some skanking. There's some, uh, you know, little little. I, I don't know horn maneuvers. I, I don't know what you would call those, but uh, I think uh, that's some, that's right. Horn maneuvers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zombie, zombie uh, flailing, pantomime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there are a couple of little dances that are um, intentionally absurd and simple and terrible but uh yeah it's uh we're we're definitely not uh repping the uh kentucky backstreet boys uh, (laughs) sort of level of of coordination all right see like my time in in bands in my youth uh we were lucky if we could do a like a tandem jump uh, synchronized <laughs> so again anything yeah yeah any that's... sort of extraneous movement still yeah. wows me uh <laughs> i mean yeah we don't want to give you the wrong impression though i mean like like tim said this is we're not like you know we didn't bring in any uh we didn't bring in j-lo to like teach us any moves or anything we just kind of like flail about a little you know just just somewhat in in unison <laughs> sometimes in unison yeah uh, okay 
Hmm. Just just enough to be like, hey, we're up here having fun being ridiculous. So if you're out there in the crowd, you don't you don't have to feel awkward st- or stupid. Yeah, it's like we're we're embarrassing ourselves for you. So you don't have to feel embarrassed. I always appreciate that as a uh, a crowd member when the bands do just make me feel less embarrassed. Uh, I'm, I don't remember who was playing, but no one would approach the stage and their singer jumped off and said, this is hot lava. Nobody step here. And if anybody moved forward, would jump down and admonish everyone until eventually he basically guilted the crowd into coming forward. <laughs> Uh, kind of genius. You need to keep that in mind because yeah. like, I, I kind of feel like everyone is, you know, everyone likes to talk about being individuals, but when you're in a crowd, you have that crowd mentality. Uh, or it's like, why is no one moving forward <laughs> until we get called out? Yeah. Then you feel dumb. And, and so it goes. Uh, so I also, I want to ask you guys, uh, hopefully this rings true on the new album, but you have a lot of interesting topics in your songs. (laughs) Uh, It, they really run the gamut of the kind of absurd stuff that's really become associated with Scott. Like how many songs, this isn't a dig at you guys. How many songs about zombies have you written over the years? I think just two. Is it? Hmm. Yeah, Hold I would think zombie Jesus brain. Yeah, there's zombie Jesus brains. I swear there was another one, or at least something that mentioned zombies. Oh, we we used to do oh. a cover of Zombie by the Cranberries. Oh uh, my, uh, pretty frequently. So I guess kind of uh, that's another one. Go on. Um, uh- <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh man. I feel like the calling is about a serial killer, so I could see that like mm. b- yeah, becoming a, a, a similar association, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's a, I mean, I, I guess I can't speak for everyone, but I'll, I'll speak for Tim and me. We, uh, I think Tim and I both love the Vandals, and I think maybe there's some Vandals that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that have kind of like stuck with us over the years. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the new album is kind of like, you know, it's kind of spread out. There's a lot of, there's some silliness and some seriousness. So, I mean, hopefully, if, uh, you know, hopefully people will be able to kind of take a journey or listen to different songs at different times. If they're in for some silliness or if they want to like, you know, hear, hear a song about, about life or something like that. There'll be hopefully a little something for everyone. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of that, uh, variety, uh, comes from, I mean, having different, you know, our most, well, all of our lyrics pretty much have been written by the vocalists of the band. So having, multiple different vocalists over the years um you get kind of a range of their 
styles and interests and topics and things. And then uh, Brad and I tend to come up with a ridiculous song concept concept and say, uh, hey, you should write a song about this. And that's how we end up with songs about vegan zombies and uh, <laughs> robots and uh, things like that. So uh, we've definitely, uh, I, I think Brad and I have definitely fueled some of the more ridiculous topics that we that we go through. Again, I'm a massive nerd, so I'm not complaining. Anytime there's songs about robots or zombies or dinosaurs or pirates. Uh, is Black Hole about pirates? Is that a reference I'm totally blanking on? It It is. It is. Uh, it's like a, a space pirate kind of song. Um, I don't remember. That's probably... That was probably... Uh, a me suggestion i can't quite remember but i'm pretty sure that that one was one of my like hey this song should be about pirates somehow and it ended up being pirates going into space not like whedon verse firefly level space pirates like sci-fi but like an actual pirate ship going into space i don't know <laughs> like time bandits yeah yeah yeah, it's more <laughs> okay. Time bandits. yeah. okay i can <laughs> <laughs> I just kept listening to it over and over. I'm like, all right, this has to be something. <laughs> and I just overthought it, apparently. No, yeah, you don't you don't have to overthink with uh with our songs most of the time. It's, if it if it sounds like that, then it probably is. Yeah, that's yeah, I mean that's yeah, that that's really true. I mean, you know, there's not there's not really a lot of deep meaning. I would love to sit here and tell you that like, oh, this is really about, you know, the French Revolution or something, but it's not. It's about, you know, zombies or skateboarding or Nintendo or you Dave know Coulier. Dave Coulier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things too. Oh sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, it's, it is kind of funny, too, because, you know, there's no really, there's not really any other ska bands in Kentucky for us to play with that much. So, I mean, we have to play with, like, you know, some pop punk bands or some evil bands or stuff sometimes, and, the, and uh, they'll have a song and say, oh, yeah, this song is about, like, you know, when you know, my parents got divorced or something, we just have to be like, oh, uh this this song's about lunchables or something you know it's not like <laughs> <laughs> like in the context of someone else's serious song you kind of you kind of go oh i uh, you know maybe this this is really silly but in its own in a vacuum they're like oh it's i can just look at this as, as being fun so you're not trying to like pile on deeper meaning like the Lunchable song is about uh, nutrition in school children <laughs> lunches. Right. Uh, yeah. it's... Well, there's not, there's not really a Lunchable song, but now, now that I've spoken into existence, we can probably, we can probably. All right. yeah. So I was really hoping. <laughs> yeah. The no. new album came just some, there's the, uh, oh, what was the title? It actually popped up on Amazon when I was just searching ska on there as I do. It was the, like, Something about the worst part of being in a ska band is the Cheeto dust in your trombone valve. Is that it? 
Uh, it's the worst thing about being in a ska band is the Cheeto dust gumming up your trombone slide. Ah, so close. <laughs> yeah, you're you're very close. And that that one was, I mean, really, that one has very little to to even do with the song. I, if anything, I, it was just kind of uh, uh, Andrea, uh, our singer, was just like, you know how emo bands always have this like these really long song titles we should do one that's just a really long stupid song title and so we did and uh and that is a song about um a guy whose girlfriend discovers his uh his uh hidden love of ska music and dumps him and (laughs) it's just a super fun upbeat ska tune uh, I love it. Uh, I can picture a cheat a t-shirt, a t-shirt. <laughs> Cheeto dust down trombone bell. That, hey, that's not a bad idea. It's true. Yeah, yeah. We need some new patches and stickers and things like that. I'm gonna have to. I'm there gonna you have go. More inspiration from that. Uh <laughs> You do. I I laughed, but uh, again on your website with your luchador fighting uh, a velociraptor, it says like the greatest shirt ever. And uh, the the few times I've worn it, I've gotten comments from random people. It's been like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's a it's this Kentucky Scott Band's shirt. Why? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, who doesn't want to see a luchador fighter actor? <laughs> Why not? Uh, Why is always a difficult question when you get right down to it. Why, you know, why any? Why anything? Yeah, like who, who cares? <laughs> Just enjoy it for what it is. Uh, so you kind of brought up something I also wanted to inquire about, and that was how the ska scene is in Kentucky, and I I take it it's quite barren. Uh, Yeah, so, yeah, we've been around for about 13 years, um, and I think there has only been one or maybe two active ska bands in the state during that time, aside from us, uh, both of which are actually, like, very northern Kentucky, so basically in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. So, like, if if you live that far north, you're not really in the Kentucky music scene. You're in the Cincinnati and Ohio music scene. I was going to so, say, I, I know of five oh, Kentucky yeah? ska bands throughout, like, history. Sure, oh, yeah. why not? Ska's only been around since the 60s. Uh, so there's Mr. Too Bad, who okay. were a Lexington band uh, in the, the early 90s. There was Short Millie, who were more of a Cincinnati like punk band. Uh, members went into Defiance, Ohio. Mm-hmm. That folk punk band. Uh, they were ska for like a hot second. Uh, <laughs> shit. Um, scam Impaired. I've already forgotten one. Oh, Pimpbot. There's another 90s band. And then you guys. So there's like 
four from the early nineties, <laughs> and then you. Yeah, and there was a band uh, in the in the nineties also called Too Fat to Skate. I'm sorry if you said them. I oh that. shit! But, yeah, I can't I, believe uh, I forgot about them. I did a, a review of their cassette. I somehow found randomly, and no one knew what it was. Yeah, <laughs> well, they is were that, just. Is that how you found out who they were, Brad? No, well, yeah, Brad. No, I had uh, I had heard the name before, but I totally forgot about it until you actually. I guess you posted the photo of the of the cassette on the Instagram, and I was like, "Oh yeah, too fat to skate." But I was just, I was too, I was too young to ever go see them because they were. Pr- that was probably like ninety. Well, whatever. It was before I was 18, so I couldn't go to any shows and, you know, I never got the chance to see them, but, um, but yeah, but, but no, you, you posting that their album is what really what reminded me that they were even around. And I tried to like do more research as to like people that maybe, um, maybe knew the guys or anything, but I didn't, I didn't have any luck. It was almost just like they were, they were there and then gone. I couldn't, uh, find any info. Yeah, it's like they didn't exist. Because uh, I shared it with the Tone and Wave blog to post, to put up rips of that cassette. And he found them on a comp. And I found one Reddit post mentioning them with a flyer they were on. But that's it. Wow. Again, I think I... S- I want to say I saw the cassette on eBay and it was a dollar. Oh. And all it said was like, yeah, it was like <laughs> ska band. I was like, all right, I'll take that dollar risk. Why not? Never heard of these guys. Can find nothing. And uh, yeah, they clearly they were around. Uh, I assume they were a college band, but yeah, m- most likely. I would say you're I, right. I, I feel yeah. really dumb for forgetting about them having. <laughs> <laughs> but that was. I, I, so I, I did some amateur detective work, like I was saying, and I really like was looking for clues on the picture of the album you posted. And I did notice that they had a contact number that started with a 606 area code. And the 606 area code, or I'm sorry, Lexington s- switched over to an 859 area code in I think like 99. So that cassette's at least at least older than 99. Um, so yeah, just, I'm, I'm like, Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's, that's more than I, I could figure out. Uh, yeah, like there's no date on the album. I'm looking at my picture now. They think like a bunch of just random bands. I tried looking up other than blue meanies and 10 foot pole. Uh, just also found nothing on which, it's funny because there's actually a Lexington based band named 10 foot pole. That's not the, Oh really? 10 foot pole punk band. Yeah. So it could be either of those two bands. Oh, the Lexington one makes more sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were active around that time too. So it, it does make more sense. It's like, what a weird jump. Uh, I get none of that. And the only reason I, I thought it might be more early 90s is it sounded a lot like uh, Gangster Fun, who I guess were the big 
influence on a lot of the Midwestern bands, especially in the late eighties, early nineties. So that was all I was basing that upon. But early two thousands, huh? This has turned into the too fat to skate detective. Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, if anybody wants to put the word out, if they, if they want to do a reunion show, we'll play with them. Hell yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, it is, I don't know, I feel like, it is weird because, you know, like I was saying, they they were around, I guess, when I was in high school, or maybe even before, um, because obviously we don't we don't know the exact year, but even though, like, I've, I don't know any of the guys or anything, I, I do feel this weird kinship with them. Like, maybe we should, like, we should reach out to them somehow, you know? Maybe that's weird, but I don't know, I just feel like, I, I feel like we need to, like, find these guys. Get a big uh, Lexington ska fest. Yeah. Get them find uh, Mr. Too Bad. I don't. I wonder if they shared members. I have a seven inch downstairs. I should. I'm gonna start doing more detective oh, work into this for you guys. Uh, <laughs> if I had a hundred dollars to bet on on that, I would say probably so. <laughs> yeah, that would, be, yeah. that would be my guess. I think that's a pretty fair bet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Huh. <clears throat> Just as was expected, this be- completely became derailed. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's what we get. Again, if we're involved, that's that's that perfect. It's a- it's my first two track, not two tracks, two separate recordings. I'll have to stitch together. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> uh, so, assuming that everything with the world goes great, what are your plans beyond uh, this initial album release show? Are you guys looking to tour? Uh, y- yeah, well, tour is a strong word for us. Uh, we we travel regionally we don't do i mean we're all right day job folks at this point and mostly just weekend warriors but we try to get in you know <clears throat> at least some uh you know regional traveling and that was the hope we really we really wanted to try and do it more because you know as much as we love playing locally it's it's nice when you get to introduce your music to new audiences or, you know, people who don't get to hear you as often or have never heard you before. And that was definitely the hope. Um, I think though, traveling is, I mean, until there's really more certainty on uh, if, if a booked show is going to actually happen or not, then uh, we'll probably just, stick to our local local gigs for for now probably through the end of the year at least i would imagine but uh rightfully yeah, so hopefully yeah hopefully hopefully a lot more venues start like requiring proof of vaccination or te- negative tests and things which a lot of venues really are doing that and uh i think that's probably the really the best way to keep 
live music going is is by doing you know taking safety precautions like that so hopefully we see more of that around and we we feel more confident in actually booking uh traveling stuff but uh yeah it's hard to tell right now that was definitely the plan though and uh i guess we'll just have to have to see how it goes the the motto of the last two years really should just be plans change (laughs) yeah well i for one would love to see you uh come up to the chicago area it's been a long time we've only played in chicago once and we've wanted to go back ever since but we've just uh just never been able to but it's one of those cities that people I've discovered either love to play or absolutely despise it. Uh. <laughs> our our show was great. We played at a uh, uh, at an indoor like soccer soccer gym. There were probably half a dozen indoor little soccer fields, and when one of the big wide open areas is where they kind of set up the bands, and a bunch a bunch of kids came. It was an all ages show. So, I mean, our, our one experience up there was, was fantastic. It's just been, you know, obviously, as you said, looking, looking through things with rose colored glasses, if things get back to normal, I'd definitely love to get back up there again. I know it's quite the drive. I drove through Lexington to get to Nashville. Uh, I, I'm not sure if that's the right way to go. I'm a terrible driver with directions uh no no that that makes sense going is that through. okay yeah. okay well uh, <laughs> probably, probably should have got did you go through louisville you mean or did- i have gone through louisville but oh, okay. i uh i'm somebody who doesn't mind driving i think yeah. in another life i would have been a either a trucker or ideally a tour van driver yeah Uh, Yeah. Uh, so i i like going off the beaten path so to speak makes sense i mean going through lexington wouldn't be wrong it's just a little bit it's just a little bit farther farther east i guess you know it depends on when it was though when louisville was like rebuilding their bridge or whatever there like it might have made actually better time going through Cincinnati and Louisville all, than all, or all Cincinnati I remember, and uh, We did go through Ohio. There was some crazy storm. This was years ago, like probably over a decade ago. Uh, but there was some wild storm that hit in the middle of our drive, and we diverted paths because a road was flooded, uh, and we just ended up adding like another four hours to our drive. But, oh, um, damn. I, said, like, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now I don't know. It's been a while since I've done anything like that, but. Uh, yeah, I think the, the direct way would be like Chicago, Indy, Louisville and Nashville would probably be the fastest way, but obviously, you know, it's, that's not really an exciting drive. It's just on highway. You don't get to see a lot of the, great culture that Lexington provides, you know? <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, and this is, this has been Brad's geography corner. <laughs> it's a new segment. Uh, <laughs> I'll be messaging you on all future interviews. So all right, I'll be happy, yeah, I'll be happy to come on. Just mm-hmm. jump in, talk about geography. Nothing has been fact-checked. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, well, who, who needs that, you know? Right. That's the internet. Uh, <laughs> everything is as it's stated. All right. Well, uh, is there anything else you guys want to say about your new album, Future Plans, the band? I feel like Tommy and Noah should uh, chime in on some stuff. If if Tommy can hear us. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm muted. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, what? Tommy? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> It is yeah. me. Okay. Yeah, we got you. We got you. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I feel like at this point we're just looking forward towards the album release, a few more shows coming up, and then kind of wanting to get back into the swing of everything. Because I feel like right before COVID hit, we were on a really strong upswing with coming off a tour, making it through winter, uh, had a large show with the toasters and then it kind of fell. So pretty much just building that steam back up. Definitely. Yeah, I would love it. And I, in an ideal world where, um, the album release show, by the way, next Saturday at Al's bar of Lexington, eight twenty one twenty one. Um, if after the album release show, we could book a lot more shows and um, venues could stay open and like require a negative test or a mask, and we could keep getting ourselves out there, play with some new bands, attract some new audiences, particularly like I do not see a lot of like audience members around our age. So if you know someone who is in their early mid twenties and is very into ska them on to us by all means we'd love to have them um we'd love to keep meeting new bands to collaborate with and keep getting ourselves out there that that was noah's polite way of saying uh, other than him and tommy the rest of us are a bunch of old fucks <laughs> <laughs> i'm not hearing a no well, yeah, uh, I mean, it's fine. It, you know. <laughs> it's true. I mean, he was probably Googling new kids on the block earlier. Like, who is that? Oh, there there was a lot that was flying over my head. <laughs> there was a lot. Just as the, there is at every every other practice. <laughs> listen, yeah. you just need to go listen to Hanging Tough. You'll get it instantly. Tough. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Noah, do you, do you remember the 606 area code? <laughs> Uh, very vaguely because it was taped to my grandmother's phone for some reason. Like her phone <laughs> number was just taped to her phone. It was like six oh six, huh? Was there was there any outrage circling back to that when that area code switch happened? Oh, I'm sure there were some like trashy dudes with their zip zip code like area code tattooed to them who were pissed. Because like I, they did, they added an area code to uh, my small nobody town in northern Illinois, and like I remember my dad being pissed about it, and I thought it was the the dumbest thing ever. And then years later, there was a Simpsons episode about the area code changing. <laughs> it's like, is this a, a real thing people get outraged about? It's it's three numbers. Well, I I can confirm that uh, 
If it happens in Kentucky, then someone is outraged about it. Just anything uh, at all? Yeah. So uh, I'm sure. I'm sure there was some drama around it. So you're saying there are people who will actively protest each of your shows just because you play ska? Uh, well, I mean, maybe not actively because <laughs> that's a little too much effort. But uh, <laughs> so think know. about it. Uh, there was so, a dude on, yeah. on uh, there was a dude on Reddit one time that referred to oh how how does he put it? Uh, there, <laughs> Lexington only has a bunch of. I believe he, I believe the phrase he used was novelty bands like ska was the phrase he used. Oh yeah. So yeah. So yeah. at least one guy views us as a novelty band. I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, at my my current job, my uh, one of my new peers who just started actually was talking to me about ska, and it kind of blew my mind. I don't remember what I was wearing. And he's like, oh, like a, a, a ska band, like Streetlight Manifesto, right? I'm like, sure. It's uh, <laughs> like, that's wild. He's like, yeah, my, my roommate likes blasting the ska with the the horns and doing the skink. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> doing the skink. Doing the skink. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's ska. Uh, so like... Kentucky was also like very dis. It is very disconnected from like, I mean maybe not now, but I, I know growing up it it like and in, in the late nineties, mid nineties to late nineties when third wave was really, you know, really big. Kentucky just at least in the Lexington area didn't like have access to radio that that played that kind of music, you know, like the most we got here was no doubt. And, uh, the impression that I get by the Boston's like, that was it. That was like the only ska that you heard on the radio and no one called it ska. So you didn't really know what it was unless you would seek it out and, and things. So it's, it's commonplace here for when, uh, people ask, you know, like, it's like, oh, oh, so you're in a band. What kind of music do you play? And it's just like internally like, fuck, now I have to explain what Sky is to another person because nine times out of ten, they have no idea what you're talking about. Tim, that's me. Anytime anyone <laughs> says, what's your podcast about? Yep. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I've tried everything. I was like, uh, you know, and. Like a lot of times, like if I know that I'm going to have to explain it and it's not really going to make any difference in the world, it's just like, uh, it's, it's a rock band, like I, or a punk band. You know, most people know, know that well enough to just, it's all just accept trum- it. punk with trumpets. That's, that's right. That's everyone in the nineties, uh, yes. I very vividly recall saying, yep. I just say it's a precursor to reggae. People go, oh, what's a precursor? (laughs) (laughs) I'm really relieved that that's not just a a generational thing. Because as soon as I joined, I've known about ska basically since I was like 9 or 10 years old. And been interested in it. But 
since I joined the Rough Customers, the number of times I've had to explain what ska is kind of just led me to believe it was a, a, a generational thing. Like we didn't really grow up with ska being played anywhere. Like the only real ska bands in my childhood I can remember are Real Big Fish and Less Than Jake. And that's still not a great frame of reference. Um, there, I, I'm. It's rare that I can find someone who is in the know about that. Yeah, but no, punk rock or punk with horns is the best description I can give to anyone either. <laughs> Most of the time, <laughs> it's one of those things where the older I get, the more it pains me to say like punk with horns. Uh, so much. Yeah, I don't want to say it's demeaning, but it definitely like is such a huge uh so many caveats to that i guess it's it's not like, really that great it's, or accurate of a description oh it's, it's a terrible like, description and it doesn't uh, like capture at all what where ska started like going all the way back to rocksteady but almost zero overlap in the venn diagram yeah it's oh. it's very wild uh I really hate saying it too because also, for, I mean, well, obviously for the reasons you guys mentioned, but then also there's all those memes that are like, uh, you know, ska is just like white dude mariachi, and sh- and I see so many of those trash memes that I just like, oh, <laughs> oh they, yeah, they just kill me, you know, yeah, they just it's kill not- me. So, so yeah, yeah. Say so you can get real technical and just say punk is is ska without horns. Which isn't true. <laughs> punk punk is just what ska bands play when they get sick of having to explain what they are. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. More, more or less, punk, yeah. Punk is what ska bands do when they get tired of the horn player's ska. shit. I mean, most ska bands either turned into a reggae band or punk bands with yeah. horns. Uh, once it, <laughs> it went on its decline there in the early two th- late nineties, early two thousands. So well, yeah, for us, uh, for us older guys here, I'm sure we all remember the swing movement too. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the, sorry, some it's of the bands just kind of slid their way over into swing for a minute. You know, so wild to me. Cause like, I vividly remember that being a thing for what felt like years and, the swing revival was like a six month period. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's just nuts. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually currently wearing my squirrel nut zippers t-shirt. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, they predate all that. So yeah. Yeah. They're one of the ones who, who kind of struck out, but then also got completely pigeonholed. But yeah, <laughs> this way, they're back like, doing it too. And the, that's like cherry pop and daddy's, uh, became a swing band even though yeah. they have like eight swing songs or something <laughs> i remember <laughs> i remember cherry pop and daddy's whenever they had the big hit which was uh the zoot suit riot, riot. Oh, right right and i remember they would say cherry pop and daddy's on the rock station here in town but it was a crossover hit, of course, you know. And all, all, but on the pop stations, they just referred to them as the CPDs. That's just something 
what, what, are those, <laughs> what are those weird memories I still have from back then? But they would call it, oh, coming up next, we got Britney Spears <laughs> and the CPD. He's a, it's, a, it's funny. Sounds like a medical disorder. That's amazing. Uh, it does. <laughs> It's like with uh, the Cherry Pop and Daddy is that Zoot Suit Riot album was a compilation of all their Scott or all their swing songs. And just everybody assumed they were a swing band because of it. And like their next album uh, was like a Motown record. Which they've been working <laughs> on for years. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go check them out. Like I honestly like I I didn't didn't really like delve into them because I was like, uh, you know, it's swing music. It's, you know, which I like, but I never really thought to even look at the rest of their catalog. I would probably like that. Definitely have, uh, like if I had to compare them to a band, it would be more of like an Oingo Bongo thing. Uh, Cause like they're, they just cover everything. They had a, uh, it was called Skyboy JFK was their Sky compilation. They put out in like 2010. But uh, some of those early albums were great, and I, I don't remember the name of their most recent album, but it was fantastic. It had like ska on it, it had swing, it had uh, some soul tracks. There was a weird uh, like rap esque song that was like nine minutes long. <laughs> wow, it was wild. It was, that it's yeah. good. They're <clears throat> again, they're not anything like. I think most of the people who remember them would associate uh, with that sound. Yeah. Oh, I, I did something. think of something to go back to what you were asking earlier. Uh, anything else we're excited about with the album? Something I guess that we're all excited about is there are three tracks on the album that we have never played live in front of an audience because we were like, let's hold some tracks back and, you know, not play them until they're recorded and we're bringing out the album. Uh, Little did we know that we would have to sit on those and not, not play those for a crowd for many years. So uh, I think we're all looking forward to actually playing those three songs um, at our release show and adding them to the set going forward. Oh, absolutely. That's wild. It's always weird to me to hear bands say they have songs they've never played live. It was always weird to me before because I'm like, normally we've played songs for months before we can even afford to go into the studio right. and record something. But like not so, so much in like this respect where, you, you know, you have this new material. It's going to be on an upcoming album. So you're holding it. It's like, yeah, we wrote songs for this album. Uh, it was just a track to throw on it. We never play it. Like, yeah. Why, why write it? Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd, I don't think we've ever had a track on an album. That's something that we didn't play at the time. I mean, clearly we have songs now that we recorded before that we no longer play, but everything that we have recorded was pretty consistent on set lists for the time. Um, I think really we only have one song that I can think of that we just 
didn't play often. And it was one that we did on our first full length that was, it's a really, I mean, maybe overly happy, upbeat song, but also like, like a slower tempo, more mellow song. And it just didn't, it just didn't capture the audience attention like we wanted. It became the song that everyone went to get a drink to. And so, so it was just like, you know, you know, if we're playing a long set somewhere and we need that kind of, you know, break in energy, cool, we would play it. But most of the time I was like, it, it just kind of, kind of pulled people out of the moment. And I think that's the only song we've ever like actively taken out of our sets. Yeah. It was, uh, <clears throat> it was a what lesson learned for us, I think. <laughs> We, uh, you know, it used to be, it used to be one of the things where like, once you write a new song, it just goes into the set. Like that's, that's just the way it works. You know, that was a situation where we went, well, you know, uh, maybe this song is, is great as an album. When you look at an album as, as a work of art, but, uh, you know, if we have 45 minutes to play, maybe, maybe we stick with one of the old standbys that people loved and instead of this one that really slows the mood down and it, and as and as Tim said it was the song that people went out for a smoke to uh, or went and got a drink to so it was like uh yeah you know we like we like this song it, we're proud of it but eh, you know maybe it's uh time for it to be shelved for a little while from the sets so, so guess- are there any old songs you'd want to revisit and maybe tweak to bring them back into the fold or, or is everything once it's done, it's done. Ooh, I, I'll let, I'll let Tommy and Noah speak on this one first, because I'm sure they have old ones that they've never played before that they would like to get back to But I mean, personally, there are a few I've been like dying, dying to play. Um, Perseus and Carla Van Zant definitely come to mind. Those songs are amazing. I was gonna bring this up. Gosh, Carla is on repeat in my car a lot of days, a lot of days. Um, t- to me, those are the the main two. I- I'd really like to revisit like Coin Slot at some point too, but those are the standouts to me. <laughs> yeah, it it pains me to hear those aren't being played. Uh, so again, having listened to everything this morning. Uh, those two, Perseus especially, I was like, whoa. Carla Van Zandt, just musically and as like a a storytelling standpoint, had me hooked that I replayed it immediately to see if I missed anything. (laughs) I think that's what gets me about those two particularly is the storytelling. And I feel like there's a lot that's gone into the storytelling on a few of the songs in um their new album particularly uh really the ones that haven't been played live or really heard anywhere um funny love cheeto dust and fable in that order i believe uh andre our singer really did a knockdown drag out job with the lyrics on all of those and then obviously the rhythm section on their parts and then the horns on our parts. I, I don't know. Those just feel like a complete package. And I feel as though like adding 
some of the older standbys that Tommy and I haven't gotten a chance to experience would make for a really cool, cool set. What about you, Tommy? Which songs are you uh, ready to bring back? Uh, I definitely agree with Noah on Carla. I would definitely like to play that. Um, I also want to bring back Hocus Pocus at some point. Um, and then just because I really enjoy like group solos and things like that, uh, too damn fast. But like, no, those are <laughs> I'm excited for. Yeah. So, too damn fast. The album cut doesn't have the obscenely long intro that we play live, and we really regret not adding that um, to the studio version. But yeah, when we play it live, everyone in the band. Uh, I guess aside from the vocalist gets a solo and the intro and it's just a super high energy fun one, uh, which definitely is one I would, I would like to bring back. Um, uh, and yeah, Car- Carla and Perseus were always fun to play. And uh, coin slot was kind of our closer for years. So uh, the energy that that one has, it has, it's always been been a really fun live one, but as far as like anything to bring back and like tweak in any way and rewrite, uh, I don't know. I don't think I don't think we have any that I would change to that that kind of level at this point. Well, all right. Uh, we have been talking for over an hour now, mm. which is fine by me. Uh, anyone like to add anything else here? Or else it's just going to be rambling about old ska bands and area codes. And <laughs> That's what, what we else? do. Which is fine. I guess I would just say, you know, we're on all the... We're not on TikTok yet, I think, right? Is that... We don't have that, but... We have uh, well, uh, the rough customers. Our, our, our singers TikTok. Loosely. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which <laughs> well, eventually we'll have a TikTok, but we are on Facebook and Instagram. Just through search for the rough customers, and we're on Twitter also. As uh, it's at TRC Ska on Twitter, uh, so you can find us any of those places. Yep, and keep. Uh, we do have some new merch coming up. Um, aside from the CD, we've got some uh, a new uh, uh, T-shirt design coming out uh, with the with the release show, and uh, so yeah, we'll probably have some new merch up uh, for for anyone interested uh, to to take a look at. But yeah, just keep an eye on our socials. We have we have a website too, but uh, as <laughs> as Matt noticed, we we tend to be. Uh, not great about updating that. It's as a little much. outdated. Yeah. There's a lot of I lassos checked. on it, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. I, I check I check the emails. So, you know, if if anyone needs to contact us, you know, the, the emails I do check consistently. But, yeah, 
most of our updates uh, are are really done on social media, as it should be. Yes, <laughs> it's just so easy. That's where people look. Yeah, it's where I look. It's where I find out about everything. I I believe that's where I found out about you guys. I'm tr- let me let me recollect here. It had to have been. When you're in Kentucky, that's what you have to do is try to. <laughs> it's just the way people can find you, really. You know, just yeah. There's not like a a great way to uh, advertise yourself to uh, to potential fans in in the area. Uh, so yeah, a, lo- a lot of our advertising and reaching our audience is definitely done through social media. Well, all right. I have no clue where I first heard of you guys, and that upsets me greatly. I know. Actually, I think I saw the Fool's Endeavor cover art uh, somewhere, and I was like, that's amazing. Who is this? (laughs) Nice. Uh, I actually just saw a cover from some, like, regional bluegrass band that has the same concept for their album cover except oh, really? the 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 fool is carrying a, a banjo or something <laughs> oh yeah so there is a lot of you got a feud with the bluegrass band yeah we should uh, i mean i'm sure we outweigh them uh, <laughs> i don't know bluegrass fans can be pretty big yeah, they can uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a bet I'm willing to take, but <laughs> I don't know. It, you know we we do uh, uh, claim uh, the uh, m- uh, the most combined weight of any band in Lexington, so pretty sure I'm pretty sure we're right. All right, I'll I'll root for you either way in this hypothetical. Feud <laughs> I have created. Well, all right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. As I uh, told him, I had a dream about this, and it was just as beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you well, for having uh, us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having us for sure. We're happy to come on anytime and talk about area codes and geography. You know, <laughs> hey, I would, I would love that. Uh, I mean, I had somebody come on who just wanted to talk to me about X-Men comics and we did for two and a half hours and people listened to it. Hey, hey, if you got another two hours and you're interested in Dungeons and Dragons, we'll be back. Am I? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, listen, I man. You've mentioned you've mentioned The Simpsons on a couple occasions. If you, I'd be happy to come on and just and just rap with you about The Simpsons. That's my go-to. Talk about uh, how great the first ten seasons are. Do you do you do you go to ten? I feel like you can you can kind of shave ten off. You know, you can really go. To I, you know, you know, want to narrow it down. I feel like it was still consistently good at ten. All right, this is just happening now. Uh, <laughs> I feel it was still consistently good up to 10. 
I think it actually stopped being really good around eight. Yeah. But, uh, we're, we're rewatching the series right now, me and my girlfriend, and we're actually the furthest we've ever gotten. I think we're on season 13. Uh, uh, usually we get to like 10 and just start over. Yeah. Right. There, there's some, there's some stuff in there. I remember that I thought happened in earlier seasons. It's like this, this episode's good. And then there's yeah. just stuff happening. And, uh, I was looking at 11 recently and I found that 11 is kind of the spot where there's still some good episodes, but there are also a couple just dreadful episodes in 11. <laughs> so I think 11, you know, there's, there's some episodes in like eight, nine, 10 who are not, that are not as good, but I think 11 is the first time there are episodes that are flat out bad. I think. Uh, I remember being a, in my youth, the first episode where I thought that wasn't very good was the uh, where they adopted the diving horse, which becomes the jockey oh. Furious D. My friend, we are like kindred spirits. Uh, that one. And the <laughs> one I remember thinking was extremely bad. I was like, I don't think I'm going to watch this every week anymore. That's the epi- I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. That's the episode where the jockeys turn out to be elves, right? Yes. Yes, it is. That was the moment for me where I said, you know what? I, I think this is over. I think this is done. (laughs) Which is wild considering stuff that happens in earlier episodes, but I agree with you. No, the thing that killed it for me, was, uh, there's an episode where Bart befriends some old man who may or may not have been portrayed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, that I just, I couldn't tell you anything else about it. I was just like, this episode's terrible. And I hate it. Yeah, I remember that. I forget his name, but yes, I know that episode too. What what, uh, what, episode, what season is that in? Did you say you just saw? I I don't even know. Oh, like well. I I always like fear seeing it again, so I stop and just start over before I get to it. <laughs> so I just feel like, oh yeah, this is bad. Uh, I will say it's one of the later. It's either eleven or twelve where uh, they take a knock at Ska in the episode where. Uh, Ned Flanders is trying to date again. Oh, that's right. And there's that country singer who says their drummer quit to join a ska band. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, all right. It was very, yeah, it was very timely. That was probably 1999 or something, that episode. Yeah. Semi relevant. Well, anyways, I'll I'll let you wrap up, even though I could stay here all day and discuss. Yeah, no, so so could I. Like, I just need to edit this. Uh, (laughs) But. Yeah, thanks again, everybody. Uh, This has been pretty standard for these interviews.